Hey, if you haven't said that, turn to the person next to you and tell them, you know, this is going to be, without a doubt, the best year of your life. Without a doubt. It's so good to see you. Carolyn and I, my wife and I, decided that we would take an extended honeymoon. So, so we, we spent the last three weeks, I think it is, um, wherever we wanted to go. And we had an awesome time. And in fact, I was thinking about, honestly, I was thinking about not coming today. <laughs> I'm gonna pick it back up in two weeks. Her birthday's coming up, so. Uh, it has been so great for us to be together and uh, from one side of the country to the other and and mostly where we were it was warm like 80 degrees Raise your hand if you could relate to that uh, It was so amazing uh, I, I, I started to say I wish you were there, but no, no, no. 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 We, we had an incredible time. Uh, we even had a vacation. In fact, we had breaks, but I can't remember it's kind of hard to remember when we've had, I don't remember having three weeks. I think, I can't remember that. But So this is a first. I thought we ought to do more, practice that a little bit more in, in, um, in a 22. Amen. But we are doing well and we're so grateful. Um, this morning, uh, as she and I continue uh, with our uh, in-town sabbatical, uh, it's an honor for me this morning. You know, we've been, we're addicted. We, we already figured that out. We're addicted to Metro. So, so even when we're gone, we're going to get online and see what, <laughs> we follow online what happened. And it's been really wonderful. The, haven't you enjoyed the word of the Lord that's been coming forth over the last two weeks? Uh, even the pre-taped word has been so amazing. And there's more to come. Amen. But this morning, I want you to open your heart to receive the word of the Lord. You know, I discovered something. How you see the deliverer of the word impacts how you receive the word that's coming forth. And sometimes, sometimes we can be so familiar in the flesh that we miss what God is trying to speak to us by the spirit of God. And, and, and so I, familiarity is a wonderful thing, but familiarity in, can also be a hindrance. And I want you to see this person as a person sent by God to release the word of the Lord to you. How many of you re want to receive the word of the Lord today? Would you please put your hands together and open your heart as Pastor Tiffany comes to deliver the word of God. Amen. Glory to the Lamb of God. Lord, you are high and lifted up. There is no one like you. You are the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. You are El Shaddai. You are Adonai. You are the one whom I serve. The one who is the first and foremost in my life. I worship you 
this morning. You can get in on it if you want to. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your, for your presence in my life. Hallelujah to the King of Kings, Jesus. No other name higher than yours. Lord, you are my resting place. You are my rock. I hide in you alone. You go before me. You have been behind me. You are next to me. You are inside of me. You are above me. There is no one above you. No other God but Jesus, the Lord, the King, the one, the only one, the mighty Son of God. You are my Lord. There is no one next to you and I will serve you with all of my might. I will serve you with all of my mind. I will serve you with all of my love. You are my God. Hallelujah. I give you the highest praise. No one above you, Lord. Glory to your name. Glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I give you my life today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to, uh, uh, to, to, to proclaim your word today. Lord, I decrease. Lord, that you would increase inside of me. Use the gifts, the talents that you have given me to, ex to uh, expound in your word. To give your people the inspiration that they need to hit the target for which they were created. God, that you would arm us with all of the tools so that we can complete your will for our lives. Lord, our, your will be done. Your kingdom come in this piece of earth as it is in, the, in heaven. In Jesus' name, for your glory, Lord, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The waters of the Holy Spirit need to be raised in this house. We need a new level of the Spirit of God for the places that we must go going forward. We have not been this way before. 22 is going to be an amazing year and I admonish you to personally raise the waters of the Spirit inside of your personal life. So that when we come corporately, it's only an exponential multiplication of what God has been doing personally. And it's going to be an amazing year because we're beginning it in the presence of God. Um, beginning focusing on him. I love that you're still standing because honor is what we need to give God. Honor in our private lives. So that as he pushes us forward to accomplish his will in our lives, we are prepared. We are holy. We are a living sacrifice worthy to be used by God going forward. That good? So, Father, we honor you this morning, remembering that you are our God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Appreciate you. I need you for a second. Go ahead, do what you was going to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring this body before you. And I thank you, Lord, for touching her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that she stands in right now. Lord, I ask that you would heal. 
Everything that does not line up with the presence and the word of God, we call it into alignment now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that our eyes see exactly where you are and exactly where you're going and that we have the power to finish and to follow. I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone who agreed that it is done, say amen. Have a seat. Uh, I thought what we do this morning is laugh a little bit. That good? Uh, I love I love to laugh. Um, and you know what? Every now and then, especially when I am physically uh, exhausted, um, I, I come to a place where uh, the Lord gives me something to laugh at, and it's so stupid what it is, but for some strange reason, I can't stop laughing in that moment. And it's that type of laughter that make your whole, like you make you put, you know, your face hurt and you, it gives you cramps, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm hoping that you laugh just a little bit uh, uh, tonight. Oh, this, this little lights went off. This morning, laugh a little bit. That, 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 that all right? So loosen up this little bit. Laugh with me for about six minutes. If you would, that'd be dope. Uh, go ahead, Kenny. Play that for me real quick. Church all my life. I know something about it now. And it's just some things I wish they stopped doing up at the church. That's all. And you probably do too, but y'all ain't y'all scared to say it because you you members and all this here. Well, I ain't a member there, so I pretty much say what I don't like going down at the church. I got a couple of things I wanted to talk with y'all about since it's just us. That's concerning me about the church, some stuff I wish they stopped doing. And here they go. For those of you that's got them bad kids, I'm talking about the ones that you can't do nothing with at your house. Stop bringing them kids to church, dropping them off at the baby Bible school and then turn around, walk out like you don't know what's finna happen. You know good and well, them little rowdy, evil, little hell-bound kids is finna tear that Bible school up. Soon as you walk out, it ain't even a Bible school no more. It's a juvenile detention center. Here's something else at the church I wish y'all would stop doing. Just because it's the testimonial portion of service don't necessarily mean you got to talk. <laughs> Try to wait on something meaningful or miraculous to happen in your life before you jump up to testify. Yeah, just, I used to go to church and people just testify about the stupidest little mess. You know, God big, God do miracles. Nobody want to hear this little bitty thing that happened to you today? You know, I was at Payless Shoes the other day, and I bought a pair of shoes, and I got them shoes home, and you know, Lord, I just, I just ain't want them shoes no more. So I took them shoes back down to the Payless, and Lord Jesus, 
had my receipt. And Lord, they give me all my money back. Glory, hallelujah. That ain't a testimony. That's a stole policy. Here's another thing I wish they stopped doing at the church. If you got a weak bladder, stop sitting in the middle of the road. You know you got to go all the time. Sit in the overfield room. Sit over there by the bathroom door. Stop sitting in the middle of the road. Now you got to get up eight, nine times. You know you wide, cutting through the aisle, knocking everybody's hat off. You wiping women's lipstick off. <laughs> Just talking about some things I wish y'all would quit doing. This one is for the pastors. I just want to do something for the pastors. If you go to the hospital, members, I'm talking to members now. If you go to the hospital and you got over 10,000 members at your church, stop expecting the pastor to come visit you. He ain't got time for that. Plus, you're in there all the time anyway. Don't nobody want to keep come seeing about you. You're sick all the time because you got a weight problem. It ain't got nothing to do with nothing else. Now you want the pastor to come see you because you got an abscess on your tooth. That's because you eat too much. Oh, okay. All right. I'll keep it moving. I see what's happening right now. Let's just get on over there by the choir then. I got something for the choir. Here's for the choir members. Stop taking off all your clothes and then slipping your robe on. Now you get out there and you done forgot. Now you get happy and you roll all up over your head. Hard for me to explain to my eight-year-old son why your drawers is wedged up in the crack of your butt. I ain't got to explain that to my boy sitting at the church. Daddy, daddy, how come she got holes in her legs? Listen to me. to explain cellulite to an eight-year-old. I'm just telling you you're wrong. Here's another one I wish y'all would stop doing. If you go to church just once a month, there are those of us who go just once a month, try to go on communion, you know, figure that'll get us in. Here's what I hate. When the tray come around and it's communion, letting your fingers touch all the crackers you moving them out the way shuffling trying to find a big one this ain't no meal this is a holy ritual now you done got a handful of them
you're going to go to hell. Oh, you believe that? You're going to go to hell. That make you laugh a little bit? That's good stuff. Here's something else I would like Christians to stop doing. Stop acting like Jesus died just so you can go to heaven. Stop acting like Jesus died just so you can get your dreams to come true. That wasn't funny, was it? Stop acting like Jesus died just so you can get all the blessings. Stop acting like Jesus died just to save you from hell. Jesus didn't save you to keep you safe. He died to make you dangerous. Appreciate you. That's the, that was the, the exclamation point. Appreciate you, Vivian. We've been talking about moving on. Today we're moving from safety, from being safe to being dangerous. We're moving from being safe to being dangerous. Turn to somebody, help me this morning. My mama picked it up just a little bit. Actually, didn't even start happening until I got, walked in the sanctuary. <clears throat> help me preach. Tell, tell somebody, look them square in the back of their soul and say, the Lord saved us. Sorry, please forgive me. Say, we're moving from being safe to being dangerous. Turn to somebody else. Say, we're moving from being safe to being dangerous. She ain't going to be long, but she's going to be strong. That, that all right? I'm going to read some verses. How many of you have been enjoying Philippians? Yeah, me too. Uh, one of the ways that I've been doing it is deciding to... Um, I'll read one chapter a day, and once I get, because ain't but five, five chapters, right? So what I do is I change versions, and you get something else. They help you, huh? All right. So I'm going to read, I want to read chapter 2, verse 1 through 11, and then I want to talk about just a few things that's going to make you dangerous, and then we're going to get up out of here. That good? All right. I'm reading, I believe, in the Passion Translation. I know uh, that it isn't the official one, but it's, I like the way it says it in this version. that good? Philippians 2, verse 1 through 11 says, Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationships with the anointed one. This is Paul talking to the church at Philippi. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercies. Verse two, so I am asking you, my friends, say my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, say one heart, one passion, say one passion, and united in one love, say one love, walking together in one harmonious, harmonious purpose, say one purpose, and you will be and you will fill my heart with unbound joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. 
Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Verse four, abandoning every display of selfishness, possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example of Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us, let his mindset be your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality, equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. And he became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was perfect. He was a perfect example, even to his death, a criminal's death of crucifixion. Verse 9, this is the last verse I'm going to read. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness and has now been given the greatest of all names. Come on, somebody with some conviction. I want you to say Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I like that. Feels good. Say with conviction like it's the greatest name of all names. Say Jesus. Jesus. We need to be reacquainted with that name. I think maybe we've come a little bit too familiar. That's not what I want to talk about today. But I think we need to uh, remember the reverence of the name of Jesus so that our lives reflect our worship our, re our reverence, our honor of him. Like dad said, how we see a thing will be how we receive that thing. Um, so I want to in encourage you to remember the name of Jesus. It's good. Uh, let me take a moment and uh, say uh, thank the Lord. Is that uh, Devin Davis, the alive Devin Davis that I see back there? What's up, brother? It's good to see you, sir. The Lord be praised for, for sparing your life. We're grateful to see you, sir. You are a son in this house. And we believe because of the greatness of our God, your life was spared. And may the Lord give you grace to hit the target for which your life was created. We give God glory for your, for your life today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Devin, don't take it um, lightly. Uh, that your life was spared, man. None of us deserve uh, for our life to be spared. Only you know what that really means, right? But there's a target that you got to hit. And so don't, don't, you better spend every waking moment of your life striving to hit that target, sir. Because the Lord has a plan for your life. And the scary thing about God is he going to let you do whatever the ham fat you want to do. Sometimes see, we, we all need a little bit of wake-up call, right? All of us need one. I remember mine. I remember mine. 
And so I'm grateful to the Lord. Man, I can't wait to see what will be the result of this saving grace of God. I can't wait to see what the great uh, uh, works of God that you will do because you decide to be obedient. I can't wait to see what the Lord will do through you because you decide to follow the Lord Jesus. I can't wait, man. We all going to be watching. The revolution will be televised. Sorry. Need to get back to what I was saying. Four things I see that the Lord wants to do to make us dangerous. We're moving from something to something. Tell somebody next to you, said we're moving from something to something. Yep, so you helped me a little bit, so uh, I need your help today, all right? Moving from something to something. Today, we're moving from being safe to being dangerous. We're moving from being safe to being dangerous. Thank you, Kenny. Appreciate you, sir. Uh, so first thing that I want you to see, verse 2 through 4, I'm going to go back to it just a little bit so you can see what the Lord said. I love the way it said it in this. It says, so I am asking you, my friends, that you be joined together, say together, in perfect unity with one heart say one heart one passion good I, I appreciate that say one love one purpose that's what the Bible says it says and you will be, and you will fill my heart with abounding joy be free from pride filled op opinions for they for they will only harm your cherished unity say cherished unity don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility. That's good, huh? Put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. It says, abandon, verse 4, every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern of what matters to others instead of your interests. The first thing that's going to be to make us dangerous. Here it is. You ready? We're moving from single-mindedness to being a team player. We're moving from single-mindedness to becoming a team player. We're moving from single-mindedness to becoming a team player. Those of you who are single, those of you who are single, I want to speak to you. I want to honor you this morning. Um, I, I've been telling you for the last five months that I got married, but I'm not leaving you. That good? That all right with you? Hello? That all right with you? That all right with you? Especially those, because it's not everybody's testimony that they want to be married. Anybody single want to be married? Unashamed of saying it? Appreciate that, homeboy. Single want to be married? Unashamed of it? That's what's up. That's, that's, that's where I was. I was unashamed. Lord, this is what I want. I want to speak to you just a little for a moment. <clears throat> One of the things that I had to change while I was single was my single-mindedness. Single-mindedness will make you isolate yourself. Single-mindedness will make you selfish. Single-mindedness will make you feel like you're the only one who feels the way that you feel. Single-mindedness will make you, will cloud your judgment. It'll cloud your perspective of yourself. And the moment you see yourself as part of a whole, you begin to see the Lord, see yourself as the Lord placed you in the body. 
And when you see yourself that way, you'll begin to think differently about yourself. And when you think differently about yourself, things start coming to you because you start behaving like you're not single-minded. I, I know uh, you haven't heard this a lot of this, but I want to help you today to get rid of your single-mindedness and remember that you are part of a whole. You are not a family of one. God placed you in a family. And your place cannot be taken by another. Your spot is your spot. And we the body are better because you are here. So don't you isolate yourself and say everybody is this and nobody is that. But I want you to see yourself as part of a whole. The reason why this is important because as a body we have something specific to do. We have a target together that we need to hit. And one of the first things we have to do as a body is get rid of our single-mindedness. And that means we must think of ourselves as a team player. We have to, I love how the writer, the writer interpreted this. One heart, one passion, one love, one purpose. I love that. It, 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 it makes it singular. It, what it does is it brings um, uh, for the sake of this, less importance to what we ought to do, be doing in, individually and brings more importance to what we bring individually to the table. That good? It says that we have to get rid of your pride-filled opinions your, uh, because it harms our cherished unity. That, that is so important that we cherish our unity, that we cherish one another. That's something that is so important, not just for married couples, but us as the body. We need to cherish one another. We need to consider each other as higher, higher than ourselves. Kindness is one of the things, one of the ways that we can do that. Andy Stanley said that kindness is to lend my strength to another. That good? And I think that's one of the dopest ways to, to, to raise the value of each other, that we, we should do that of one another. But we should stop trying to raise our own personal value. But we should start raising the value of others. I want to challenge you to, to not be isolated. Isolation is from the devil. Isolation is from the devil. I'm not talking about needing a break. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you considering yourself as other, too other to be a part of the whole. I'm talking about that thing that makes you feel lonely or alone. The Lord is giving me some things. I'm still working them out about the difference between loneliness and aloneness. There's a big difference. And, and the one of the things that I want to help you to understand is, and it's something that as when I was single, something that I had to get real strong in my heart. And that is, hear me, that I am never alone. You can be alone in your marriage. 
No, I ain't talking about mine. I got a good marriage. Lord Jesus. Man, I, I love being married to Frederick Chauncey Brown. It is one of the greatest parts of my life. You can clap if you want to. I don't need you to, but you can clap if you want to. Seriously, um, we had a great conversation last night, um, and um, it was just a moment where we just we were really just talking, and I and I realized in the middle of it how much I enjoy being Christ's love to Frederick Chauncey Brown, but I also realized that. Um, you know, you could be confused, especially those who don't know us or me, by the person who has the microphone being the one who leads this marriage. Don't get it twisted. I'm the one with the microphone, but my name is Mrs. Brown. And I follow his lead. Frederick is one of the most attentive, the most intelligent, uh, the most, uh, he has the most interesting perspective of life. And it challenges me to open my mind and see my life differently as I talk to him and reflect who God is to us. When, when I listen to him and I see who God has made him. I feel like I need God to help me to be the best cheerleader he could have so that he hits the target for his life. I enjoy just being in his presence. We don't have to say nothing. Or I could just listen so honestly, what I don't give a flip about. That makes sense to you? Hint, if you could say anything, listen to what you don't care about, or be completely silent, you probably got you something good. I don't know about you, but I got me. Lord Jesus, I got me something good. Now, what I just did was I lifted him up I don't he can he, you tell ask him on your own personal time because he's he's a he's a, a horrible liar love that appreciate you sir he's a horrible liar ask him in your own time this is nothing new to him I do this all the time that's it's not new because I love being a part of the team that we're a part of. And I know that for us to hit the target, I got to do my part in being his cheerleader, in being his wife, in being the one that, that pushes him with regard to this team. This is not supposed to just happen in marriage. This is supposed to happen from one to another. We've got to up our game on our one anotherness. I like that. Turn to somebody, look at, me, look at them square in the face. We got to up our game on our one anotherness. We got to up our game on our one anotherness. 
The opposite of this is basically selfishness. Number two, because I need to move on. Number two, the thing that's going to make us uh, uh, dangerous is we need to, uh, actually, let's read verse five and six. Verse five and six, where'd you go? And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become our motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality of God or with God as his supreme prize. Here's what I want you to see. The thing that I saw in this very good, uh, uh, um, um, we're moving from being good to being holy. I think a lot from being good to being holy. What we learn about holiness is not the absence of sin, but the hatred of it. All right. So let me, let me, I think we've been good, but I think good is the enemy of best. It's the enemy of average. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, good, good, is in, in, good is the enemy of best. It is the in, enemy of excellence. It's the enemy of holiness. When we strive to be like God, to be motivated to, to, to let his motivation to be our same thing. You know what Christ was, Jesus was motivated by? Huh, I'm going to talk about that in just a second, it's, and that was to do what he heard and what he said, what he, what he saw his father doing and saying. Holiness. Man, we have to return to holiness. I don't know if you were in class this morning, but Elder Yule did an excellent expose on defining and opening the things that have kept us from holiness. And I challenge you to do what we talked about in class and go after those things that, that keep us from being holy. Holiness is to be set apart for the use of God. There's something very specific that we have to do. There's something, there's a target that God created for Metro to hit. But we have to be prepared and... Um, like prerequisite... We have to be, uh, 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 we have to uh, be qualified to hit that target. I know sometimes we feel like, well, Jesus qualified us at the cross. Yeah, I get it. But there's a target that we, some, you know what? We, we, in order to play at a higher level, you're going to have to treat yourself differently. You're going to have to live in a different way. People who live good are going to do something for God. But people who live holy are going to do something great for God. I think there's something that's trusted from God when we concentrate on holiness. Man, it's quiet in here. I don't need you to say nothing. That's all right. I'm just acknowledging it. Number, verse 7 and 8. Instead, this is what Jesus did. He emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable. Say vulnerable. Choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was the perfect example, even in his death, a criminal, criminal's death of resurrection. We need, to be, we, we need to move from being served 
to being a servant. I think, um, you know, uh, I think it's appropriate. Um, I don't know if you know, but as of today, the online audience does not know what's happening in this building. They're, they have their own special service happening right now. So we get to be family in here without company. That good? Um, and I think we have concentrated something that is a strength of Metro, and that is leadership, right? But the position of leadership is first a position of service. It's first a position where, where, where we are trusted to serve God on behalf of the people. We have to return to this attitude of service rather than being served. Of course, um, um, th this, sorry, is, is very important, but we need to be like Christ and concentrate more on the attitude of service. It is something that we used to be known for, not just prayer and worship, but we used to be known for our attitude of service. I think we had something like 72 deacons or something like that. And the, the, pre, the premium of responsibility of a de deacon is service. I wanna, I wanna re, we need to remember that. We need to refocus on that last one that we see in this, this verse. Very simple. Verse 9, it says, because of that obedience, say that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. Mm. He, has known, he has now been given the greatest name of all names. We are moving from rebellion to obedience. It's the fourth thing that's going to make us dangerous. It's from moving from rebellion to obedience. Obedience. Yeah. The Lord is requiring more of us in this season. As we go forward, we're going to be asked to do things. Some things that we, we've known to do and some new things that we haven't done before. Uh, greatness is what, um, it's something that I strive for. I really want to be great in the kingdom of God. I want to leave my mark on my culture. I want the, the, the dash on my epitaph. You know what epitaph is? It's that stone that they put on your grave. I want the dash in my epitaph to mean the greatness of God that was shown in my culture. I do strive to be great. Humpy, I want I want people to know how great my God is. I want them to associate my personality, my name, with how great God is. But the only way I will be able to do that is I have to be obedient. I have to do what he's asking me to do. And if I'm going to do greater things than Jesus did, which is what he promised those of us who call him Lord, 
those of us who call ourselves disciples, that I might as well obey the one who gives the orders. Anybody else strive for greatness? The Lord wants to make us dangerous and not safe. I'm sorry, we're living in a world where the laws can no longer be trusted. They do not explicate what is good versus what is evil. They cannot be defined to, uh, to help us understand what is holy and what is wicked. The laws of the land are being made in such a way that makes that are, are, are what, what is right according to the law is becoming the things that, that make you feel good. The laws that are being made are the laws that are um, governed by our humanity and not God's holiness. We're living in a culture that does not understand that God, the word God, starts with a J. I think it's the perfect time for a light to shine in the darkness of this culture. And please believe it's going to get darker before it gets brighter. But I think it's the perfect time for us to prepare to hit the target for which our lives were created. I know it might have been interesting how you got here, but if you are alive, there's something very specific that you were created to do. And you're not gonna do it trying to save yourself from hell. You're not gonna hit that target only being heaven focused. You're not going to hit the target just waiting on God to bless you. You're not going to hit the target just going after the dreams that are in your own personal heart. The thing that, the, the thing that you've got to do is you've got to realize that you are a part of a whole. You are a very significant part of a whole. That you have a responsibility to be holy. Peter said, be holy as God is holy. It wasn't a suggestion. He, don't, he almost didn't even didn't tell us how. It was a command to set yourself apart. And I know I was a part of the culture that didn't want to be associated with lame Christians. Anybody else like that? Trying to mix the language and make it uh, current or applicable to the conversation or, or, or uh, 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 come as close to the edge of something so that I could uh, identify with those who are already on the other side. I didn't want to be associated with what was denoted as, as Christian. 
But I think it's time to draw a line and decide which side you're going to stand on. That's what holiness is. That you are unashamed of Jesus. Holiness is about living outwardly for him, not being worried about somebody calling you a lame. I read the part of the, of the scriptures that talked about the Lord saying, we get to heaven and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. After you prophesied and did all this other stuff. Or if you were ashamed of him before men. My God, he said, I'm going to be ashamed of you before my father. Holiness is about being unashamed that we have dedicated and given our life to Jesus. I wonder if the people who are at your job or your neighbors know that you are a believer. I wonder if your friends change their language around you because they are scared to offend you because you're one of them. I wonder if when you walk into the party, things change, things are different, or do things carry on the way that they were because you, there's no difference in you than there was in them. Holiness is about a distinction between holiness or good or between good and evil. It's about godliness, Christ-mindedness. Wonder how holy you are. What thing that's gonna make us dangerous is when we really become servants. When we quit kind of strive. You, you know what, here it is, you want a promotion? Find a way to make your boss look so good that it causes attention to be drawn to you. Ain't that right, Toya? Find a way to be expendable because you've learned all of the positions in your, in your, in your department. Ain't that right, Lisa? Find a way to serve your boss in a way that, that they are pushed up and they got to find a place for you to be promoted to. You want promotion in God, I promise you, you have an attitude of service, it will change everything. And the reason why God wants to promote you through service is because there's something that we've got to present to the world in the place that we spend the most time. You know, you only spend an hour or two on Sunday here. Maybe spend half the time of your day at home. The other half is at the job. You need to figure out a way through Zoom, for some of y'all, to figure out how you can serve in a way that makes God look so good that the Lord is just waiting to promote you. The thing that's going to make you dangerous is when you get real obedient to God. When he knows that there ain't nothing that he will give you that you won't say, when he knows that, let me say it positively, it, when he says it, he knows that it's going to be done. When, he, when, he, when you get to the point where whatever God says do, you're going to jump to do it. I promise you, he will trust you with every dream in your heart. 
thing that's going to make us dangerous is when we are a part of a team. When we quit trying to fend for ourselves. Some of y'all are struggling so hard. And the reason why you're striving is because you're doing it on your own. Striving to be safe. Striving to keep your money. Striving to, to make it. Emotionally, you're depressed. The holidays just got over. You're striving to be single. Striving to keep yourself holy. Could you put the pen in between your knees and you're walking like this here. Trying your best to do it on your own. And the only reason why you're struggling so is you got to open your life to a team player that tells you how to do it. Helps you, calls you, says, you know what? I did that. This is what I did. Calls you and said, did you do that today? We are a part of a team. This morning, I'd like us to respond this morning. Those of us who have been single-minded, isolated, out for yourself, not a team player. Those who have been satisfied with the good and not the great on your job or on your personal disciplines. Those of us who have been selfish and you know that you really need to turn that thing around and find out who and how you can serve. And those of us who have really just not felt like it. And so you took your felt like it and you came late. Took your felt like it and showed up whenever you wanted to. Or you took your felt like it, you showed up because you were supposed to. But the attitude which, with which you showed up was, I'm just here because you said I, I should be. And that rebellion might not be in your actions, but it's in your attitude. Started by saying the Lord wants to make us dangerous. Not just safe from hell, but dangerous. Real simple. Um, so funny. I didn't, this ain't come out like I thought it was, but it's what it is. Appreciate you, sir. Let's respond to God. Because it's one thing that we could do in the locker room. That's what this is. Is that good? One thing we could do in the locker room is we can respond to God. Why? Because the game is played once you walk out this door. And we're getting ready to embark upon something that we've not done before. One thing before I, I ask you to respond. Actually, those of you who want to respond, you can move if you want to. We're in the season of fasting. And what fasting does, I said it earlier, fasting is to a believer that boil that um, fasting is to a believer let boil or hot a stove is to impure water fasting is to a believer what boiling or hotness is to um, uh, 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 impure water it bubbles the impurities to the top so that the top can be scraped off and now the water can be consumed Metro, our water must be consumed in the culture. We have a responsibility to water the city of Atlanta. But he wants to purify us. We're fasting starting on tomorrow. 
No meats, no sweets. Turn somebody and look them square in the face. No meats, no sweets. Well, what am I going to eat for breakfast? You better figure it out. No meats, no sweets. Ooh, that's awesome. Appreciate you, sir. Yeah, stand with me. So, would you put that outline back on the, on the, was that an awesome word? Didn't that hurt? Didn't that hurt? Didn't it hurt good? 